Welcome to Karate Kid Minute, a podcast where we discuss the original 1984 classic, The Karate Kid, one sleepy minute at a time. I'm Robin. <laughs> I'm Matt. And joining us today from Bat Minute are Niall and John Fenn. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey. 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 Oh, me and John both did hey, hey. That's, that's never happened before. <laughs> hey, hey. I wonder why that is. Why, why do we do that? What could it possibly be where they say hey, hey a lot? <laughs> I only know it from Krusty the Crust. Krusty the Clown. Yeah, yeah. We, we're both ridiculously obsessed with The Simpsons. So I don't know why we didn't do a Simpsons podcast, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. I used to always say, hey now, but I was always doing uh, Hank Kingsley from uh, The Larry Sanders Show. But now, like after all the stuff with Jeffrey Tambor, it's like, I've had to start a, Eesh. you have to move that out of your vocabulary. Then, like, oh, yeah. God, I oh, I was thinking some, like a, you're like doing the monkeys. Hey, hey, where, where's the monkeys? Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, monkeys Jack podcast coming soon. <laughs> all right well uh we are d- recording at a different time than we usually do it's it's very strange to see daylight while uh recording the show but uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try my best to get adjusted but we had to get you across to see folks on <laughs> oh well, and, and we because we've had like again because most of movies by minute podcasters are american Guests we've had on that minute have all been American or Australian, weirdly enough. Yeah, loads uh, of Aussies. We were, me and John are used to like switch into like whatever time of the day. So it's, there's been times we've been up at like nine in the morning ready to record which, <laughs> on, like, on a Sunday, which might actually be the time it is over with you guys right now. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's mid-afternoon. Yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, all right. Well, this is minute 58 of The Karate Kid. It begins with wax off and ends with snoring. Uh, real exciting minute here. <laughs> Oh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But it's like, do you interpret that as snoring? I was, I had other thoughts about that. But uh. all right, well, yeah, that that uh, I will say it always confused me. But yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, okay. Try to we try to go through the minute more like chronologically, but uh, you know, it's not that strict. Uh, it's <laughs> it's now uh, nighttime, and Daniel has finished washing and waxing the four cars in Miyagi's lot on display, and. Uh, uh, I, I was actually, you know, we are, we are coming on the tail end of wax on, wax off. Maybe we can get your uh, thoughts on this training method. What do you, what do you guys think of uh, wax on, wax off? <laughs> right. I, I like it as the basis of training. Mm-hmm. It makes sense in a way. Like you get used to motions. You get used to the muscle movements. <laughs> I mean, the only problem is he doesn't kind of really go any further with the training. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you need to see the next step. But, you know, how long do you want the movie to be? <laughs> Whole the chronology of the movie, which you guys will obviously be covered in great detail. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never really caught on to it until like the my most recent rewatch, where I was like, okay, so I guess you'd be like start start of school, so that's September. Then it cuts mm-hmm. to Halloween, and it's like, all right, so yeah, there has been a lot of time has passed here. And then he starts his training, and that tournament is at Christmas. It's just before yeah. Christmas, right? Just yeah. like Christmas, no. Yeah. Friggin' way. Is he gonna, <laughs> if it was at the end of the school year, I'd believe it. But now it's just like, wax on, wax off, has him that train to compete with all the Cobra Kai guys by the, what, in two months? That's insane. <laughs> Niall, you just gotta believe. Uh, yeah, he learns a lot of defense, like, really quickly, but then I think yeah. they kind of rush through the offense part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why does it have to be the start of... Why does it have to be around Christmas? Why can't it be, like, yeah, this is June. This is, like, or the July tournament. Why does it have to be at Christmas time? Because surely at one point, like, John Alvelson would be like, oh, it would be more believable if we 
had it be a like the guts of a year that he's been training. They really want you to know he's a prodigy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's so kids watching with very little effort. I can be like him. I know I felt that way when I was yeah. a kid. <laughs> well, here's a question, John, I have to ask you, actually, because oh, yeah. I remember, I don't know if it was directly to do with the Karate Kid or if it was to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but oh. I did know a lot of kids in primary school, which would be elementary school to Americans, mm. who did take karate. Like, oh, loads. Absolutely loads. And it seemed to be a real thing of the early... I thought it was like a thing of the time. I don't know if any kids are currently doing it, but it was a really trendy thing. And this is around like 94 or thereabouts. So it was like well, 10 I, years after The Karate Kid. I don't know if, it, if that's the legacy of this movie or if it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which probably was quite a more <laughs> of a cultural force at the time. But John, you strike me as a kid who would have taken some form of martial arts. Uh, I don't know why, but something <laughs> about me tells like, that's John Parker. This seems like the person to do that. Uh, no, oddly enough. Um, oh my god! I've done I've done Tai Chi now, um, but I think it was like a rebellious much. thing because my dad is a martial artist or was a long time ago. He used to live in Hong Kong, and um, I can't, what did he? I think he did Jeet Kune Do, the Bruce Lee one. Um, so it's probably a rebellious thing. Like I don't want to be like my dad. Mm. <laughs> I tell you, Niall. Uh, our our audience right now is freaking out because there is a hidden prodigy on this podcast. Oh, oh. nice, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I'm gonna ask it now for like, but like, oh, dismissive of it. <laughs> do you still do it, or is it like, um, because I've only heard the first few episodes so far, but I'm well behind. I've listened to like the first week. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. No, I I quit. Uh, I I did karate from age seven to fourteen, and then I quit uh, and then i went back when i was in my early 20s for two or three years and then i did like two years of aikido so i'm not yeah. i'm no prodigy I mean, <laughs> we've all we've all seen recently johnny lawrence takes up takes karate back up after what like a 30 35 year break that's <laughs> never missed that, a beat <laughs> that's never clear in uh cobra kai is it that like if he just yeah, stopped he doing his up? training or if he kept up with it and yeah i assume he did keep doing it Mm. You would get, quite, get to that. quite trim for like a guy supposed to be like yeah you would think mess. that would be something they would have at least mentioned in one of the episodes like oh yeah i've been doing it you know here and there yeah. my, my whole life or or i hadn't even done it uh, or I, I quit until now or, but yeah. we don't know that about him that's the funny thing about cobra kai we we we've talked many times about how like oh it's so cool we get to see how they what they're like 30 years later or so and but every time we get into this conversation, it always seems to be like, well, what were they doing till then? Like, did they know each other? Did they did they run into each other at all? They lived in the valley at the same time. Uh, I don't know. Did they move away? Did mm. Daniel train anybody else? Did Miyagi train anybody else? You know, <laughs> don't tempt them to make spinoff comics. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they will. Uh, but say now, one last thing on that is that um, for some, I don't know if it's a, uh, an England specific thing. You know, you being from Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, but everyone seemed to do when I was a kid uh, Taekwondo was the big thing no not so much not so much um i do remember taibo being a, <laughs> a thing briefly. we needed a video for that i believe <laughs> yeah i remember that was one of the irish tv stations like we had two two tv stations and then they added a third one which was entirely in irish except for there was show like classic movies in the evening and things that you like and tv shows that england didn't get yet like nip tuck premiered and the all irish speaking channel before premiered in England. And um, then they added, like, I think, TV3, even though it was the fourth station. 
And that used to be the mo- majority of its day was American infomercials. So it was just show you like, you know, the songs of the 60s and, you know, uh, how to gain weight and save and all this kind of crap. And Taibo was one that just played over and over and oh, yeah. over. And I'd sit and watch it because it was just like, it's a new TV station. Look at the new stuff they've got on. And stuff. Well, that's that's uh, we we definitely can relate info commercials to this movie because uh, Zamfir injured my life, not through not just through Karate Kid, but because my mom brought the tape. Off the uh, TV set, the magic of uh, Zamfir. Uh, so. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, uh, moving into the minute here. So, uh, as Daniel's walking towards the the house, uh, I see Miyagi's rusty old truck behind him. I'm like, well, I didn't wash and wax that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Didn't he say do all of them? Yeah. Uh, or maybe, or maybe we just didn't see it. <laughs> Maybe that's why Daniel's just trying to get off. I was like, oh, maybe I have a sneak in now. See, maybe he's nodded off. I can just get the hell out of here. <laughs> I, according to the novelization, he has been working on these cars for three and a half hours. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, I think the – and I don't know if it goes into it in the novelization or if it's supposed to be implied. But my main beef with Miyagi's training method is he doesn't supply a radio for Daniel. It seems to be like <laughs> you have to paint all the fence – like the fence around the entire house on both sides. And then yeah. while Mr. Miyagi gets his friggin' party shirt and his little flat cap on to go out for a night in the town, which I love. Another. Uh, Miyagi... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You guys weren't done. Go. No, but it's just like, I, I can't do anything in the house now without like a podcast playing or music playing. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, he doesn't even bring out the friggin' radio to be like, okay, there. Okay. Or is that supposed to be implied that like you have to be alone with your mind while you're doing yep. this? No, my main, my main, my main qualm with his method is he doesn't supervise. Like, he leaves and then comes back presumably hours later and finds Daniel doing it wrong. And, like, how yeah, long has he been doing it wrong? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, then he gets, like, uh, a like, wrong move in the tournament. And he's just like, oh, I really shouldn't have gone out that night to the kid. It was like five hours of him, like, doing the wrong move. Oh. Tell you what, though, that yellow car. I'm not a car person at all, as listeners of our show will know. Uh, I can't drive. But if I could have this car, I would go and learn in an instant. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Old cars are nice. I think yeah. that's what puts me off now. Modern cars are just awful, big trash machines. I don't want them. <laughs> I think that's the thing, because like, I think older cars, in terms of like big, in terms of like literal size, they are much bigger. But now you get the, like all oh, little compact things that are handy and stuff. And I was like, I want an ostentatious, big <laughs> asshole car that takes up the entire friggin' motorway so people can see how awesome it looks. That'd be my, I, I have no interest in the car, except the Batmobile, which basically <laughs> is just like, hey, look at me, I'm a car. <laughs> which Batmobile? Well, as Ooh. people will know uh, from listening to the latest season of Batman, I'm a big defender of the Batman Forever uh, Batmobile. Mm, and I seem to be in a, in a, in a very slim minority spiky. on that. So I can't remember, Robin, if you, you were on that season, because we hadn't got to the Batmobile. I know mm-hmm. we, we had seen it, but you see it in the first friggin' scene. So did you give your opinion on it at the time? or I, 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 I don't remember, quite honestly. Uh, but I just... Seeing it in person, you know, it is pretty nice. Um, oh, so, then Matt, <laughs> what, 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 would you defend the Batman Forever Batmobile, or uh, do you remember the Batman I, Forever I have, Batmobile? I have a strange attachment to it, just because one of the few plastic model kits I ever had in my life was of that. 
it must have been bought for me by someone. I never asked for it, but I put it together. So I had I had the Batman Forever Batmobile displayed in my room for a long time. But I like the 89 Batman Batmobile the best. You are correct. That is the right answer. <laughs> Kyle is wrong. I think he's just saying it. He's being awkward. I'm and the guy I have a lot of love for the 89 Mobile as well. It's just that I feel now I have to fight the corner for the Forever Mobile because so many people dump on it. So I'm 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 pro the uh, the classic uh, Ford Futura. Uh, <laughs> so if I could have that, yeah. that's a bit more in the vein of these cars. Like it's very it's very round. I think that's the thing. Modern cars aren't rounded like these old ones here. Mm. I will say uh, I'm appreciating uh, Daniel's uh, Adam Maitland from Beetlejuice cosplay he's got going on here. It's like the same exact outfit that Alex Baldwin was wearing. The flannel uh, tucked into the pants and the. Yeah. To, oh, well, actually, you can get in that in some of the other minutes because like I'm yeah. the amount of tucking in going on in this movie is like, I don't know if we'll ever see teenagers willingly do that again. But uh, yeah, I, I, was, I did mention to you uh, yesterday, Robin, just like I was like, you, have you guys really talked about the T-shirt yet? Because I was like, mm-hmm. this scene, like, I want to get into this T-shirt. But you're saying like it's it's interesting that um, he Daniel is wearing it on the way to the Cobra Kai. Yep. Uh, his, his interview, I guess you would call it. But now that, that's kind of, the uh, the please leave Daniel alone. Uh, talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Daniel's um, not taking it anymore. He's no more Mister Nice Guy. Yeah, I do love the fact that because it's so childish as well. Like it looks like a like a creature from like where the wild things are or something. It's little. It's like oh, he's trying to be tough, but it's a children's <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to think like there must be some rationale behind it. And um, the only thing I can think of is that like. It's, I think it's it's not quite the the same colors, but like the checkered pattern of his shirt is kind of a black and white, and Miyagi's headband is black and white, and he's got this thing half buttoned up to cover up the. Is it though? <laughs> is the headband black and white? Is it well blue and white? Is it? Uh, it goes back and forth, but oh. uh, I, I think at least one of the bandanas that he wears is is blue and white. I I have a feeling well, that there are several then, copies. That, that helps me out then, because if you think the Daniel shirt is more blue and white, then that act actually also would match that headband. And yeah. you could say symbolically the fact that he's got you know half buttoned up, half over this more aggressive, argumentative shirt is right. uh, like an indication that Miyagi's methodology is going to block that out. Like he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna cover it with something else. So mm-hmm. that was my only thinking of like, well, maybe that's <laughs> why he's wearing this particular outfit in this particular way, but. Maybe looking way too much into it, but then that's movements, is it? Not? So, yeah. I didn't um, even pick up on any of that. I just noticed that he uh, he has a, a physique that doesn't exist anymore with uh, with human beings. For some reason, <laughs> in the seventies and eighties, everybody was a, a, an actual just stick. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is built this way anymore. Yeah, this is eighties economy. It was a hard time for, <laughs> for, for the kids. I know I didn't look like a stick back then. So <laughs> that makes anybody feel any better. Um, uh, I did look into actually, because um, just piqued my curiosity. Yeah, the origin of the phrase "No more Mister Nice Guy" because like Alice Cooper didn't just make that up. Like I no. came from like I want to come from. Have you guys looked into it yet? Or no, no. Yeah. So I got a little thing here like it. Uh, this little screenshot from some someone on the internet. It's not a that official a source, but someone was like, I looked into this too because it was bugging <laughs> me, and this is what I found. So, 
It says that there's a long section in Sapphire's new political dictionary from 1993 about uh, Mr. Nice Guy, quote, everybody's friend, a practitioner (laughs) of the politics of pacification. Nice Guy's finish last was the dictum of Brooklyn Dodger baseball manager Leo Dewarcher in the 1940s, although his actual words were Nice Guy's finish seventh, which was the National League. Uh, And to a degree, this is this this has application in modern politics. Uh, nice guy, as in Mr. Nice Guy, connotes weakness. No more Mr. Nice Guy is a warning before retaliation, the end of passive acceptance of unfairness or harsh treatment, the opening pitch of hardball. This gloves-off warning was popularized in the 1970s when Richard Nixon was asked by the Washington Post in 1977 about his response to Vietnam war protests. Uh, and he said, uh, when, the, when was the moment... Uh, when was the moment when, in effect, you said, okay, no more Mr. Nice Guy, which would have been what the uh, the question posed to him was. <laughs> uh, it may have been originated as a punchline of a macabre joke. Uh, a group of neo-Nazis sought out Hitler, alive but well in Argentina, to lead them in their quest for world domination. Okay, he replied, but this time, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> that seems to be a random thing at the end, because it's kind of like, yeah. oh, it came from a Nixon interview, and now there's this random made-up thing about Hitler <laughs> thrown in at the end. <laughs> Right. Uh, that that was what I found out about it. Cause like it must have come from somewhere. I can think of if there's anything like further back that I can think of is that when the before the crew of the Battlestar Galactica discovered Earth, uh, there is this one scene where uh, Gaius Baltar uh, gets offended and he actually proclaims, "No more, Mister Nice Gaius." So I'm thinking <laughs> historically, it might have started with Baltar. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the because Battlestar Galacta is a prequel to our entire universe. So exactly. technically, well, well, that episode go. was made yes. in like 2005 or whatever. <laughs> it backdates now to right. <laughs> before our, our known time. Uh, okay, so um, Daniel uh, starts heading back to the house. And uh, I just want to mention this is an actual house that they filmed in. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not here anymore. Aww. It's got it got torn down. Um, so Daniel uh, heads into the open door. He stops and he knocks, and he's a little hesitant because, of course, the last time he walked in on, you know, Mr. Miyagi's maintenance shed in the beginning of the movie, he got glared at. So a little hesitant in walking in there. Uh, but the the script says uh, the house is sparse to the point of containing nothing. But I think they decided to dress this up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's quite minimalist, but I wouldn't say sparse. Right. It's not like there's nothing there. Yeah, exactly. There's Mm-hmm. I, I did... Uh, there's many different little interesting things to look at. There's, you know, the paper lanterns, and there's a, a some sort of red flag with a fish. But I love that next to the door, there's a painting of a bird. And can I... Can you guess what kind of bird it is? <laughs> A crane? It is a crane. Yeah. <laughs> it had to be, right? I mean, that makes sense if he's learned the, the crane style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a red-crowned crane. Uh, it is a rare Japanese bird, which is a symbol of luck, longevity, and happiness. So, Aww. yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, more deep dig- digging the trivia. I see that there's a, there's a small kitchen kind of divided by a uh, divided off from the rest of the room by a uh, 
like a paper room divider. And I was wondering what that was. <laughs> and so I discovered that, um, it, those are called a, uh, a Biobu. <laughs> B-Y-O-B-U. Oh, you know uh, this? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't know. That's, uh, it, it, that's interesting. I had always heard a different word, but I can't remember what that word is now. <laughs> well, there's another, it, 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 there's a distinction. Cause I was looking up like paper, like water, paper doors, water, paper, room dividers, the, the room divider is the Biobu. And if it's a sliding door, it's a Shoji. Okay. That's what I heard. All right. Maybe that's what you heard. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, look, learn something new every day. Um, you learn a lot from this movie, you know, <laughs> it's probably a lot of people's first introduction to, uh, sort of Eastern things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. It was for me. me yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, Daniel walks around the Biobu. <laughs> I'm hoping I pronounced that right. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that's right. Biobu. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, he walks by what looks like a door to the backyard, but, uh, which we're going to enter later into the movie. Uh, but of course we pointed out last week that this, they shot the back of the house as if it's the front of the house and the front of the house is, so you can actually sort of look through and see that there is a, like a street light across the way there. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, yeah, I like the little cot that he has. Mm -hmm. That looks kind of comfy. I don't know. <laughs> Very flamboyant, um, uh, bed cover. He's got going on too. Like Miyagi's <laughs> just like, Oh, I imagine him going in like this, this, this is the design for me. <laughs> well, considering, uh, you know, he, he flips his clothes around a lot. He has drab outfits like we see in a second, which mm -hmm. I really like, by the way, it's kind of a bit military, maybe the shirt. Uh, but yeah. then he's got like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Party yeah. Miyagi. He, he's a guy who knows how to get down. <laughs> That's the action figure I want. Party Miyagi. Um, and uh, yeah, he's got this shrine going, but we, I, I wish we got a closer look at it. I'm not sure if we get a closer look later on in the movie. Um, but I hope so. Cause I tried to zoom in and see. Yeah. Cause I assumed, I mean, you might know from the, the script and whatnot. I assumed, is this like a shrine? Cause he's sort of praying for, a, but you haven't seen this yet, have you? A loved one? Mm -hmm. Is it like a a, a family thing? Uh, maybe, I, or just I don't know. It's it's a Buddhist thing. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm not very familiar with it. It's quite common to pray like to your ancestors and things in like Shinto and whatnot. Mm. So I assumed that's what he was doing, but yeah, you, you don't really get any info. Ancestors, yes, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really dig deep into what religion this could be, or if this is even if it is just you know just meditating to meditate or what. Mm. Um, it does say in the script, Miyagi sits in a meditative meditative zazen posture, and I was like, "What's that? Did they misspell Zen?" You know, so I looked it up, and <laughs> zazen is seated meditation. Mm. Which yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we kind of get to the point where uh, we kind of hinted at. Uh, Daniel kind of pauses, watches for a moment curiously, and then we see kind of Miyagi's head fall, and we notice that he is sleeping. But to me, this always kind of confused me, especially when I was a kid. I, I assumed this was some sort of like deep trance he was in. That's what, <laughs> but I, then he... that's what I thought. I was like, I don't think he is sleeping. I think this is him. <laughs> this is his meditation. Like, And he's so into it that Daniel coming in doesn't bother him because that's the point – like if you're doing it as long as Mr. Miyagi have been doing it, that you can achieve that state of like, yeah, I have no, nothing can distract me from, from this now. I am yeah. that deep, deep into it. I um, see it like that, but slightly different as in, I think that's how he started, but then he's got <laughs> so into it. He's just drifted off. 
Mm. <laughs> that could be. Could be. Like he's so zen. It's just like, oh, and he's old, isn't he? Well, he's not actually that old. He's not as old as he looks. Yeah. Right. I think he's playing older than he is. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Is he sleeping or is he meditating? <laughs> I think he started out meditating. <laughs> he's not sleeping. He has really poor uh, nasal passage. Um, <laughs> I don't know. According well, to the script, it says Daniel approaches, is about to say something, thinks better of it, turns and goes to exit. As he opens the door, a loud snore emanates from Miyagi. He turns and looks at the old man. Another snore punctuates the silence. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, is this supposed to be comedic? Like, is was this kind of like a joke? Like, oh, look, it's at first glance, you think he's doing his, you know, the old Japanese master meditating in front of the shrine, and then you yeah. realize, no, he's taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> It's subversion. Yeah. Like, can I really learn anything from this guy? Look at this doofus. Yeah. Mm. I, I, and he's I, probably been there for all of the, like the three hours or whatever it was. Yeah, he's been right. outside. Oh, my knees would be killing me. <laughs> it could oh, be God, though, like, you know, party off. Miyagi could have yeah. been out last night. That he's just like really hung over. So he's like, oh, <laughs> just going to kneel down in front of the shrine for a second. Oh, gosh. <laughs> just not oh. enough. No, it's not a spoiler. So you, you see later, he's got some issues of his own to be dealing with. So maybe, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. He's mm-hmm. got there, been hard in the booze last night. You can't see in the shot, but he's actually got a basin in front of him. Or he's just sort of <laughs> like, okay, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> like, Daniel, you don't want to be here for this. <laughs> Go home. Or he could have had a few drinks and he's like, oh, yeah. he's still going. I guess I'll meditate and then drifts off. <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> It's quite common in Japan to close your eyes, though, like as a sign of respect. Like if you're in a meeting or something like that, yeah. Uh, if you close your eyes, it's kind of like showing that you are focusing, you're listening to the person. Like everything else is irrelevant except for what you're saying. But yeah. I would just fall asleep. Patented excuse that every nods off when you're talking to him. He's like, no, no, it was a sign of deep respect when I was. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we did some research on that on this podcast, and uh, I. It wasn't as much as just closing your eyes, but maybe that's part of it. But a lot of it is that that not looking at the person, looking down or looking away as if you're concentrating deeply on what they're saying. So, yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, I don't know if you guys have anything else for this minute in particular, but we do have our Monday question to ask you. Uh, When did you first see the Karate Kid? (laughs) What's your story? What's your Karate Kid story? Let's imagine um, mine and John's might be quite similar because uh, it's one of those movies that like I don't remember the first time I saw The Karate Kid because it's like a staple of mm-hmm. any time you're off school as a kid. This would be on Channel 4. One of The Karate Kids would be on. And I think <laughs> to this day, it's still true of like around Christmas time, around Easter time, any bank holiday, like any time <laughs> the schools are randomly off, they'll be like, that's eh, 2 p.m. They're on a Karate Kid. And so <laughs> not three, just end up not three. <laughs> yeah, but it's just one of those. I think it's up until quite recently. Like, uh, I had a friend, like maybe two or three years back, came up to stay for Easter, and like he was getting ready to go on Sunday, and then he was just like, "Oh, the the new like the the next Karate Kid is on the Hillary Swank one," and we sat and watched that, and I was just like, "I yeah. guess they keep showing these things every damn holiday." But so through that, like, there was a period of my time I couldn't have really told you which Karate Kid was which. <laughs> it was just like, oh, they're all kind of like, yeah, it's one big, long, flowing story, really. Uh, nowadays, I can tell you very distinctly, because it's like, oh, one's the good one. Two is the really boring one. Three is the one. Two's great. 
What? Oh, no, no, I do not. Well, we'll get into it next season, maybe. I'm uh, watching yeah. you tomorrow night. <laughs> you can even talk In about October, it. John, it's supposed to be all horror all the time. You know this. <laughs> well, there's Halloween in this one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, three is the one where things go like crazy. And then fourth is the Michael Ironside, Hillary Swank one. <laughs> but, yes. Um, but yeah, so the, through that, I guess I just, this is just synonymous with like, yeah, this has been a kid, whatever time. I would have seen it about, you know, 50 times growing up, but it would have been like very right. few of them would have been from start to finish. It would have been like yeah. you'd walk into the room. Oh, the Karate Kid's on. I'll watch this for 40 minutes and then wander off and do something else. So through that, just piecing together the movie over time. Um, so, yeah, no distinct memory of a, of a first time, but it was just always there, like as a, as a cultural presence. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very similar. So I think I first watched it. I wasn't living in England, so... There wasn't anything good on TV. So it was on tape. It was on VHS. But uh, I think it was just when I, we bought like a big bag of tapes. You know, like, here's 40 <laughs> movies. <laughs> That's what you do nice. when you live in Cyprus. They're all fake. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, so it's v- basically exactly the same as Nile there, though. Um, and I got really into it in my 20s, weirdly, which is a bizarre time. Because I just moved to Liverpool, where I am now. And uh, I didn't have a job yet, so I was just sitting around. I just bought a bunch of movies. I just went to the shop and was like, oh, I just need some film to keep me busy. Bought like the whole Rocky box set, bought the Karate Kid box set, not realizing mm-hmm. how similar they kind of are. Yeah. Same damn <laughs> yeah. director as well. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, I, got, I got really into it again. Or It reminded me of my childhood. I went through like an 80s binge. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like uh, My major memories now of the Karate Kid are like years later. Like when I actually had my first year of university, and it's actually I probably should have brought this up earlier because this is the only minute where we get Pat Morita. Uh, right. And because like nowadays, I, everybody I know sort of knows like, oh, Mr. Miyagi, like, you know, Zen Buddhist karate master and, you know, man of very, very wise man and all this sort of stuff. And uh, I remember he died within a day. I think he died the day before, but within 24 hours of George Best who probably means nothing to Americans, but like George Best over here was very, very, very famous football player. Like probably hmm. the most famous football player who ever was lived. Was he the best? He was uh... the best. He's one of those ones though. He was actually like very famous for being a genuinely a very skilled, like almost like an artist on the football field. Yeah. But he was an insane alcoholic. And like the point where I think he got a liver transplant and then he just went out and started drinking again. Straight yeah, after. didn't he need a second one? Yeah, 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 he was a, an absolute wow. like one of these guys. Kind of romanticized the the idea of like, oh, you know, cavalier, alcoholic, got about like an Arthur type, but he's more violent. And mm-hmm. he'd like because he was quite witty too. So he'd say things in interviews like, oh, you know, I spent so much money on you know booze, fast cars, and women, and the rest I just squandered. And you're like, oh, George Best, oh, you can <laughs> stuff. But then the fact that Pat Morita dies, I was genuinely affected because like, we're going out for like a Friday evening because we're just for first year university, so it's party time. And I was like, oh, my God, Mr. Miyagi's dead. And people were like, holy crap, Mr. Miyagi. And then literally within that, that day, George, and that's all that anyone would talk about. Uh, you couldn't get away from mm-hmm. it. Because I'm not a football fan. I was just kind of like, that guy's just an alcoholic mess of a man who knew how to play a football game. Mr. Miyagi gave people life advice to grow up. Right. Like a lot of stuff he says that like I think nowadays the time has passed, people who were mourning George Best that day probably remember Mr. Miyagi more 
as a cultural <laughs> presence because he actually had something to teach you. Whereas mm-hmm. George Best was just like, ah, oh, isn't it cool to go out and just be drunk in a wreck all the time and make loads of money <laughs> for playing a game and stuff? And Pat Morita yeah. is really the sweetest guy in any interview I've seen him. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen more these days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember watching though because obviously, like you know, the universe of course now is into Cobra Kai, uh, including everybody I live with, and mm-hmm. uh, they all really, really loved it as well. Uh, not big fans of the Karate Kid, actually. They're just what? like, oh yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh Karate Kid, yeah. whatever. But oh, Cobra Kai was fantastic. And, Kids these uh, days, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> one of my I've, friends like, he was he was outraged when because uh, he was, was sitting there on the living room some evenings and he just had like a big projection screen put up YouTube and he's like oh we watched like, a couple of like old you know cast reunions of the Karate Kid because everyone's like oh there's friggin Billy Zabka and all that sort of stuff and then he watched an interview with Fat Morita and he was actively outraged that he wasn't actually like Japanese like he's <laughs> That he didn't have the accent. Did the voice, yeah. Yeah, he's just like, is that not racist? But I know Whoa. he is. He he's is probably doing like his father's voice or something. Yeah, he's doing. Uh, like, well, he he's imitating an accent, and then he's, he's just mimicking an accent. He's like, is yeah. it a full? <laughs> like, I don't think it is racist. I personally don't think. But he was like, I don't think that's right that he can do that. I think that's messed up. No, but, that was uh, uh, this, his stunt double Fumio Demura uh, actually spoke like that, and so he kind of based it on on him. Oh. so. Fumio is the one that uh, does a lot of the uh, beat for Kai. Oh, <laughs> that, that's, that's Fumio. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, I think we've done enough for this minute. <laughs> uh, and I, honestly, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty tired after that one. So, I mean, it's just time for me to go uh, uh, meditate. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, you want to come back on Wednesday for another Karate Kid Minute? Hell yeah. Why not? Why not? All right. Well, until... Oh, wait. I forgot. Uh, I, I'm not sure if people are aware that you guys are the hosts of Bat Minute, but maybe you want to remind them one more time. <laughs> yes, we are the hosts of Bat Minute, where we do the same thing with the Batman movies. Uh, as of recording, we've just finished forever, so we are mm. going to be coming up to Batman and Robin, but don't worry. It's going to be fun. No, <laughs> We're going to make it good. Don't you worry. Mentally prepared. Like, like Miyagi here, I'm having to sit in in front of a poster of Batman and Robin to get into the mindsets to actually talk about it for 122 episodes. <laughs> you, you can find us everywhere. You know, you listen to your podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, all that. Or the... Uh, no, that's not what it is. What's the website? <laughs> is it is it thebatminute.com? I think it is thebatminute.com. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. I pay for it. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time. Hehehe. <laughs>